This is Transistor.fm. This podcast is brought to you by ProfitWell.com. Patrick Campbell of ProfitWell and Heaton Shaw have a new podcast that you should definitely check out. It's called Product Tradeoffs, ProductTradeoffs.com. And uh, it's them talking through all sorts of interesting things. They just did a, a teardown of Netflix's business model. Definitely worth checking out. That is Product Tradeoffs. Search for it in your podcast player. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2019. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing. Follow along as we build Transistor.fm. All right, so John, you're hiding in a closet somewhere. I'm in a closet. Because <laughs> you, you, you've got construction work going yeah, on. Yeah, there's a bunch of loud noises happening. I, I can't actually hear anything oh. right now. So maybe... Maybe, they're, maybe, maybe they're taking a smoke break. I don't know. <laughs> Man, maybe you're insulated enough. I can't see anything because I'm in a closet, so... Yeah, yeah. Actually, that does... See, I've got this nice window I'm looking out right now. Oh, it's and so You're people, probably looking at mountains and... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, looking at the mountains. But I wonder if that if that changes. You know how like Facebook put in like those negative things in people's timelines and it made them more depressed? I wonder if the one of the podcast hosts is hiding in a closet, if that affects the emotional resonance of the show. I don't know. I thought I thought the depressive effects of Facebook was just Facebook. <laughs> just on its own. Yeah. You don't need anything anything extra. No. Yeah, you know, Facebook is interesting. I, I still have an account. But I only log in to like just see like okay is uh, you know I don't know actually I, I just basically <laughs> log in take a look around and leave. It's yeah. it's kind of like going to I don't know. Yeah, it, it's weird. I, very few people post anything anymore. Right. Uh, at least in my friend group, people have definitely a lot of folks have moved on. It's kind of like just a place to go and get notifications and maybe see what events are coming up. Right. Or... Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I haven't used it in years. Yeah. Yeah. It's that that whole transformation is is odd. I'm sure in a certain demographic, uh, it's still quite popular. Right. But yeah. Well, um, we had a lot of feedback on the last show with Jason Freed. We did. Yeah. Uh, if folks if folks haven't heard it. Uh, go to sass.transistor.fm slash 70. Uh, yeah, wh- have you had any thoughts since then? Any Anything that's come up since we talked to him? Well, we have we had a shaping meeting, which we'll talk about um, next. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Do you I, think... the, I guess the one thing that did, I, I have sort of just been ignoring our backlog, right? I mean, I, mm. I don't want to abandon it because there are good ideas there. I think we just need to like pull those out into... The like, maybe we'll shape next bucket or something. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there are definitely things we can just ignore. I think so. The, the feedback we got from that episode was interesting because there were certainly a lot of folks. I mean, the 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 video clips of that episode and then the full show combined. I got more feedback on Twitter, email, Slack, uh, forums. 
Reddit than anything else I've ever I've ever gotten. Yeah. One a, a popular reaction is this kind of visceral, you know, base camp is a cult <laughs> uh, kind of reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like don't you know don't drink the Kool Aid. I I totally get it. Like they speak very strongly about things, and I think it's hard to have a point of view and not create a group or 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 create a reaction that is not the opposite of that right yeah i don't think there's anything wrong with it i think if you if you if you talk about something and have an opinion about something and don't get any reaction one way or the other then like no one's listening anyway so yes (laughs) yeah and actually that's a good i think so much of especially for those that are listening that are doing podcasts or blogging or anything so much of the stuff out there is so banal like if you're just always kind of advocating for the the status quo or you're always advocating for not rocking the boat too much Mm -hmm. uh i think it is harder to stand out now i don't actually think despite what people say i don't think base camp does this just to get attention no no i don't think i think they really truly believe it yeah and uh, I've I've actually experienced this myself when when I wrote I wrote a post called the niche the myth of the niche market and some of the criticism I got was oh Justin is just doing this for clicks <laughs> and uh, you know I spent like years thinking about that problem I spent months researching that blog post and then I wrote it because I felt deeply about it and so I think sometimes like sure some people do things for the clicks but. Uh, th- that's kind of uh, just that reaction alone. Like, well, they're just doing this to get attention. Um, it doesn't always hold water. And in this case, I don't think it does. Right, right. I think they've found something that really works for them. And the, you know, I I went in and I, all of my backlog uh, things <laughs> in Clubhouse, I just highlighted them all and I put them all in this ideas bucket that kind of makes everything disappear from my dashboard. Mm -hmm. And I have to say it was really nice because then all that was left were these three projects that I needed to work on right now. And, um, sorry, I just got distracted. Uh, and there was something powerful about that. Like I had things that were hanging around for months that I just wasn't going to do that were fine ideas, but they'd just been sticking around for so long. And that thing that Jason said about about your backlog growing stale, mm-hmm. that really kind of became true for me. I, I was like, he's totally right. Like these things that were good ideas three months ago, they're just not good ideas anymore. Right, and they, and they might have been added as an idea in our backlog, like as you had the thought, not not after some meaningful, like long process of thought. Yes, and and actually, I think this came up in our first shaping call, which we can talk about in a bit. But that this idea of this was the first time, well, not the first time, but this was a very kind of focused time for us to process together what had maybe been roiling around in our subconscious or things that we had been thinking about for a long time. 
Sorry, you're going to say something? No, yeah. I, it, I, you, you might be going in the same direction I am, what I'm thinking about. Well, I, I would love for you to complete my sentence right now. That, that'd be super, uh, I was going to say romantic. <laughs> if you're the kind of co-founder that completes my sentences, isn't that the... <laughs> oh, right. I don't know if I'll complete your sentence, but I, had, I have a feeling you were, you were going towards our brain dump section mm-hmm. and the fact that we just sort of took maybe a minute or less to list off like seven, six, seven things. Like the first things that came to our mind about like what a brain dump of, of potential ideas that we should shape next. And we both just like came up with this list fairly quickly. And I think that that list is just, is like a distilled down list of the things that both of us have just been thinking about, not necessarily looking at a list and coming up and bringing these ideas back, but like this is what's on our mind. Yeah, and this is what's on our mind right now, which I think is also important because it's already one of the ideas on that list, dynamic content, I think has grown stale. Like it was something that we were really excited about, you know, three, six months ago. Yeah. And because business changes, I'll I'll give you an example of how that changed. One of the things that was motivating us to build that is we had two or three customers that switched to a competitor because they had dynamic ads. And, you know, when that happened, I think it made us feel like, wow, we got to do something about this because this is the first time people have switched away from our product. Right. Well, you know, I've talked to uh, at least two of those customers that switched and one just switched back to us, which was amazing. He came back and he said, you know, I, I just didn't use that dynamic ads feature as much as I thought I would. Uh-huh. What Jason said when he said, you know, like business, your business is always moving and think context is always changing. So this, this idea that we would have this sunk cost around, well, we went to Portland and we did all that planning and we can't just throw that away. Uh, in some ways is ridiculous. Like, well, yeah, but if that's not the most important thing right now, mm-hmm. why would we keep that around? Right. Like, why would we allow that to weigh us down? And so much of this you learn as you wait, right? Like if you feel like you don't, if there's a project that feels so big and complicated and you're like, okay, how are we ever going to tackle this? And wow, this is a big one. And then you wait and then that big important project that you thought was so important becomes less important. There's something about that that's, especially for a small team, that just seems so helpful. It's almost like a relief. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, and that's not to say that that we didn't come up with good ideas and, and like I think there's probably some things we could pull out of that document that we made eventually if we want to go back yeah. to it at some point and maybe and maybe even simplify the dynamic content idea down. Like mm-hmm. we, we could, you know, have a shaping call and, and talk about this idea again, but like really slim it down to something. Cause we went, we went pretty wild with that idea and like thought about like all the possible things we could do, which. Which is fine too. Like, I think that's part of shaping is sometimes just brainstorming things, but eventually at the end of the shaping call, you want to have this like 
this this the the contours of an actionable thing that you could actually uh, have some sort of appetite to build over you know two to six weeks. Yeah, and even at like after like it, from the sounds of it, Basecamp is constantly shaping. Like it sounds like sometimes they'll just hop on a call and say, "Hey, let's talk about this idea," and then you know process that together. And eventually they have this idea of the betting table, which is, okay, what do we actually want to bet on? You know, we've got all of these things that we've talked about and that we've shaped, but what do we actually have the appetite for? Yeah. I think that part's interesting. This idea that, yeah, you can come up with lots of great ideas, but what what is so compelling that you're willing to say, yes, this is what we're going to do? Yeah. And I think... Uh figured that out i I would say at least for what we're going to work on next um i still think we we don't necessarily as a as a two-person team know how we're going to schedule these things out Mm -hmm. exactly or like when does a you know when does a when does the cycle start when does it Mm -hmm. end like yeah. How are we actually scheduling these things out? Um, yeah, one part we got stuck, which I think I, I think we know the answer to this, but it would be interesting to get uh, Basecamp's uh, uh, answer to this, is you, know, you and I start working on shaping an idea, uh, specifically around private podcasts. And so we're working on it, and at one point you were like, you know, I was like, okay, I think we're done now. I think we could talk about whether we want to do this in an upcoming cycle. And you were like, well, wait a second. We don't, but we don't, it's still not, we don't have super detailed specs yet. Am I getting that right? Yeah, I think that was it. Or at least we hadn't, we hadn't sketched anything out. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known where to start necessarily yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but I think we both came to the conclusion that like, that's okay. Like, Mm-hmm. I think by the time we ended our call and actually had a couple sketches, like there was a good starting point and the the details were to be figured out during the cycle. That's right. That that's that was our question, which was when you start a cycle, are you is everything kind of like specked out by that point? And I think the the way they do it is They've got like work that's been shaped in the sense of we know what pr- the problem is. We know kind of the contours of what this would look like. We've got some fat marker sketches, but we then hand that off to the team. And then the team starts working on all of these unknowns. And that's like working up the hill in their hill chart, right? We're working up the hill. We don't know. There's still lots of unknowns, but we're solving the unknowns. We're trying mock-ups. We're, you know, we're making more detailed HTML uh, prototypes. And then you reach the top of the hill, metaphorically, and then you're like, okay, we've actually solved all the unknowns now. Now we just have to execute on everything we figured out. And then the end of the hill is is that. So I think that's I think that's the way they do it. Yeah. Um <laughs> Could uh, be. We'll, we'll we'll have to we'll have to see if uh if we're right on that. We I still haven't read the whole book. I I've read pieces of it. So I think I I also just need to like <laughs> give this thing a good read from top top to bottom. Have you have you read the whole thing yet? I have not. 
I've gotten pretty far, but I, I was really interested to hear that they're going to keep updating it. Like they I think one of the biggest questions I had and a lot of people still have is like, how do you deal with bug fixes and how do you deal with um, mm. like testing yeah. and stuff like that? And they're actually going to cover that. They're going to up, they're going to add a chapter mm-hmm. about uh, how they do QA and how they do um, bug fixes. Yes. Yeah. I actually think I saw uh, I saw the update on that. I think it's already. Oh, out. nice. So yeah, they're they are answering questions. I'll try to put that in the show notes as well. So let's actually talk about how we structured that call. Uh, but before we do, I want to thank our sponsor, Active Campaign. They make a customer experience automation platform. And they place heavy emphasis on that automation piece. Everyone wants to engage every one of their customers. But once you get out of the early days of your business, and let's be honest, even then it's hard to treat each customer uniquely. Active Campaign knows that, which is why they're automation first. Their automation makes it crazy simple to put the right content in front of the right people at the right time using messages or the human touch. They've just introduced predictive sending. Oh, this is interesting. It sends each individual a message at the time they are likely to open it, not the entire list, just that individual person. I want to check that out, actually. So instead of like blasting your whole list, they, they just, they'll send an email to the right person at the right time. You don't even have to think about it. Active campaigns, automations do it for you. Sounds like they're really the market leader in these automations since they were always automation first. You can experience the power of automations if you head over to activecampaign.com slash build your SaaS, that's S-A-A-S, where you can start a free trial, get a second month free, and get two free one-on-ones where they'll kind of guide you through setting up your campaigns. So I got to check that out, actually. We're, we're getting to the end of our free tier on MailChimp. There's a certain thing, certain emails we need to send out that I think this might be good for. So thanks to Active Campaign. Yeah, so let's talk about how we structured our meeting. Uh, we, I took this from the Shape Up book. Basically, we focused on the problem. Like, what's the raw idea, use case, something that we've seen our customers struggling with that motivates us to work on this? Then there's appetite. How much time do we want to spend and how that, that constrains the solution? And then the solution, which is what are the core elements presented in a form that's easy for people to immediately understand? So for us, it was kind of bullet points and some rough sketches. Yeah. Then rabbit holes. So what are some details about the solution we came up with that are worth calling out to avoid problems? Like, oh, if you go down this direction, that's going to waste a bunch of time. So don't even worry about that. Like, don't go there. Uh, oh, but then there's also no goes, which is anything specifically excluded from the concept. Mm-hmm. So functionality or use cases we intentionally aren't covering to fit the appetite or make the problem tractable. And I felt like that was a pretty good way, especially for our first call to go through things because it gave us a framework of like, okay, <laughs> let's talk about this. And then we would start going one way and we'd be like, oh, well, that's just really a rabbit hole. Let's just write that down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't really, I mean, it was still a little bit of a free-form discussion, but we came away with some good, I feel like we came away with a pretty good document. I think the other thing that was interesting is at the end of it, we had to have this conversation of like, because you can get to the end of a, a call like that and be like, okay, well, 
when do we want to do this? Do we want to do this right away? And uh, one thing that I felt that I haven't actually felt in the past is, wait a second, what's realistic? Because in the past, I would have always been like, well, let's just start right now. I'm a, I'm a real quick start kind of guy. Like, I just like No, me going. too. My, my engineering brain is like, I know how to do this. Let's do it right now. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I think, again, part of my understanding of the base camp way, quote unquote, is that they're just really thoughtful. And being thoughtful means that you don't always act on things right away. Like, sometimes it's okay to have, hey, we had a good phone call on that. Let's just let that sit and simmer for a bit longer. And I can remember being in teams where there's so much pressure to keep everyone busy that there's very little time to just pause and let things simmer. It's like, okay, what are we working on next? And so we'll have a meeting and go, okay, well, let's uh, pick this, this, and this. Okay, let's write up the stories, have that done by Monday. Great. Okay, see you, folks. You know... It's like this constant treadmill where you're always just acting and never thinking. Right. Yeah. There's. I, yeah. I've definitely been in situations where there was no. There was. Yeah. There was no downtime or I guess whatever. However, Jason described it, like a cool down period. Right after after a six week mm-hmm. cycle, there's no just like, all right, let's let it sink in and kind of like, uh, you know, yeah, take a break from building something. Yeah, I mean, well, linearly, they have this idea of a cool-down period that happens after a cycle. But I'm also just talking about outside of, like, in a non-linear way. I don't think they're, sorry, I think they're just, they're just a lot more non-linear than we think they are. Like, in a, a traditional team, it's always very, like, sequential. Like, okay, we're going to have our brainstorming meeting, and out of the brainstorming meeting, we will have our, you know, focuses for the next quarter and then we'll put those into our project management software and then we'll implement them in quarter two where i think it's a lot more freeform with them where they're like okay well let's talk about this concept oh that's interesting okay let's put that on the shelf okay let's talk about this concept and then when they do come to the betting table which is okay we need something to work on this next cycle what are we going to work on they have a lot a bunch of these kind of concepts that they've been forming over months or years or whatever, there's never this idea that like, well, we just had a meeting. So therefore we need to schedule some action steps after this. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So anyway, we ended our, our conversation about this feature and, you know, both of you and I are kind of like, okay, what's the next thing we're going to work on? You're, you know, you're, full-time on Transistor now. I'm full-time on Transistor. It's like, okay, we want to sink our teeth into something. And we also want to kind of do this in public and test out some of these Basecamp ideas um, in a really kind of honest way. Like, okay, we're going to try this and we're not beholden to them. Like, we can tell you how this is going to work out. And one of the interesting things was getting to the end of that call and going, okay, well, I think we both have an appetite for this. Like, this seems to be something worth working on and it feels like we could fit this into a six week cycle. When do we want to start on it? And I was looking at my August and I'm like, you know, to be honest, I, I don't really have the appetite to work on this in August. Yeah. I mean, I mean, me either. I could start it, but there would be like a week break in there cause I'm doing this uh, triathlon in Michigan. Yeah. And, but we, we've never had a, we've never kind of stopped like that before, I, no. I think, and, and thought about it. No, we haven't. And it's not to say we're not going to work on anything because we do still have, 
We still do have, we have other things we're working on that aren't, they're not six week. Pro, they're not six week projects at all, right? They're just like, yeah, you know, a handful of little things here and there or like redoing some, the marketing site and yeah, but again, bug fixes and just like small improvements, but it's not, we don't really have a six week period from like now until six weeks from now where we could focus on something. Yeah. And I wonder how many times, because we're so, like, our work culture in general is so addicted to just completing tasks. Like, that's how, that's yeah. what productivity is supposed to feel like, is, okay, like, no downtime. Like, we got to keep these developers busy. They're expensive. So, Justin, it's your job as product manager to, like, keep the pipeline full. And so, therefore, like, as product manager, all I did was... I'm constantly writing new stories so that if a developer gets bored or has some needs to work on something, there's a big list of things they can pick off. But actually looking at the other side of that and going, wait a second, August, it's summertime. You know, I've got family visiting. You're doing this big triathlon. I'm going, you know, we're going to be doing another family trip at the end of August. Do we have the appetite for this right now? And saying, well, no, this isn't right. So why don't we look at this? Uh, I think we scheduled it for like, why don't, and this isn't even, you know, in stone yet, but we said, okay, well, maybe, uh, I can't remember, maybe it was like the 10th or something. Yeah. Um, we, we said, let's, let's look at starting this, um, you know, on the 10th, and that will be the start of our six-week cycle. Yeah, I think, and also we're still learning. <laughs> we're trying to like apply these concepts that we've never applied before. And so now we have a month to, we, we've scheduled a shaping call for every Tuesday. Yeah, we're still going to be shaping this thing, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not done. We're not done with this feature yet. Yeah. Shaping and it. so, um, and we're also just thinking about what's that going to look like? Like if we start a cycle you know, I think in the old world, that would just look like, no, this has to be completely specced out so that John knows what, where to take it when he starts the project. But Basecamp is a much more team-based approach where it's like, no, in, in their, their way is to say, who's working on this? And if, if you and I are the only people on the team, like, remember when he said there's no handoffs right. at Basecamp? Yeah. And it kind of like jolted me a little bit because my whole professional life, that's how things work. It's a, it's a, what do you call that, that Henry Ford invented? The car? (laughs) 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 No, uh, assembly line. Oh. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't know. I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> we got to leave that in, Chris, because uh, I'm sure so many people, like half the people listening, were like the car, <laughs> uh, the assembly line. You know, every work environment I've been is an assembly line. So it's like product managers, like they're the ones coming up with the user stories, and then they hand that off to the designer. The designer then creates the mockups, and then they hand that off with detailed specs to the programmer, who then works independently on the programming. Right, but there's at that point there's no there's no problems to solve. It's like 
You're just like a robot doing the thing. Yeah, but I, I, I was thinking about that as a, like that whole concept of work is way different than the way they do it, which is they have a leadership team that kind of shapes the rough thing and the contours of it, and then they hand it off to a team, and then the team works together in a very collaborative process to say, how are we going to implement this idea? And instead of it being all on one person to solve the problems, like it's like the product manager has to solve the spec problems, and then the designer has to solve the design problems, and then the programmer has to solve the programming problems. Well, this is all interconnected. And so one thing I've been thinking about is like the beginning of that cycle, instead of me thinking like, okay, my part's done, I'm going to go work on something else while John implements this thing. It's like, how can we be more collaborative working on this thing together going, okay, here's, you know, here's our, here's the rough sketches from the leadership team, which also happens to be us, but you know, here's, here's the rough sketches. Okay, what do we need to do next? Well, let's work on some HTML prototypes together. And, you know, we're working on those together. And then going back and forth of, okay, well, what about this? What about this? Oh, that's interesting. Go away for five days and not talk to each other and kind of think about it independently. And yeah. then come back and go, okay, you know, I here's different ways we could do it. And kind of moving that ball along together as opposed to this really kind of separated work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to see how this process progresses, especially when we're in the cycle. Right. Cause like I'll be building a lot of this in the, in the app itself, but like we should definitely collaborate. You know, we should, we should just do a share a screen share and code together and like actually build, build the interface in our app together without necessarily having to, code it all just to see how it feels yeah you know i'm actually that was something else i wanted to bring up was that we've had more phone calls lately and i think there's something about me partly actually because uh, i i i've been such a you know yeah i have drank a lot of drank a lot of the base camp kool-aid and in my head they don't do calls. And so I think I've adopted that as like, okay, Justin just doesn't do calls. Like we can just talk on Slack or whatever and figure out stuff that way. But we've had more phone calls this past week and there was something really nice about it, about like, okay, let's just talk face-to-face about something and then and maybe whiteboard things in a collaborative yeah. doc or whatever. There's something about that that's helpful. Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think it. Yeah, definitely, it, it does feel like you're a little more present, like mm-hmm. building the thing together. And I, I, I would, I would assume that Basecamp does. I mean, the leadership team, I think, gets together and works on this stuff together. I think they're, you know, they're sketching and whiteboarding and. Yeah, and and one thing I should see is if we can both get. Um, got to figure out if we can both get tuple or something that i mean skype works okay but i i have a few people that are on on i'm on like a uh, a version of tuple that is just like i have some laravel friends that are on there and it's 
it's always in my menu bar and you basically just like click on a person and then you're connected and you're screen sharing and you can take over each other's keyboard and screen and you can draw on each other's screens and it's like really good for pair programming. But I do think having a, a, a way of us, you know, being like, hey, can we just quickly jump on a well, call? And- you know, iMessage used to have that. I think they still do have screen sharing. It's really good. Really? Yeah. FaceTime? Uh, no, it's just built into iMessage on or messages on the Mac. Really? Yeah. What? Uh-huh. They, they've had screen sharing. Oh, yeah. Invite to share my screen. And it's like really high resolution and, and you can take over the keyboard and everything. Oh, wait. I just invited Lorinda. <laughs> uh, hold on. <laughs> so I can... Okay, here's John. I'm going to try this right now. And I think it does voice and everything too. Invite to share my screen. So what does that do? Does yeah. that call you right so now? So I can accept it. This might screw up. We can try it later, but it might. Yeah, it, it might, might screw up everything. Yeah, I'll decline it. But yeah, it, I, I haven't used it in years and I forgot about it. Until okay, well, we should do that. I, that's one of the joys of being just a two-person team is we can, we can like, we don't have to go through all sorts of procur- procurement. Uh, we can just try stuff like that out. Yeah, we should try that. So screen sharing in iMessage. Yeah. Or messages, I guess they call it now. Oh, it's just called messages. Is it just called messages now? You're right. Yep. They, they've been getting rid of the whole i prefix and everything. Oh, and the Facebook one is called Messenger. <laughs> what what a weird what a weird world we live in. Yep. I think for folks who are listening right now, if you have ideas on how you've collaborated, um, if you have ideas, we we got a lot of feedback also on two person teams and how they're doing this. I'd love to hear your thoughts and you know if you figured some stuff out that John and I haven't figured out, or if you see some, especially if you see some uh, blind spots. You, like you hear us talking and you hear us talking around something, but we're not, maybe we're missing something. Uh, yeah, would love to, uh, to hear from you. You can reach out to us on Twitter uh, at Transistor FM or at Build Your SaaS or at John Buddha at MI Justin, all sorts of ways. Uh, you folks have been figuring it out. You can email us as well, shows at Transistor.fm. John, why don't you... Uh, Thank our Patreon supporters. All right. Uh, yeah, thanks as always to everyone who have been supporting us over the last year. Um, so we have uh, Ben. Just Ben? Yeah, it's just Ben. He he is from narrower.com, if people want to check that out. But he, doesn't, okay. he didn't give his last name, so I, I don't know if he All wants right. to remain anonymous. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Noah Prail, David Colgan. Robert Simplicio. Which he, he reached out to us and said that you said his name perfectly. So That's good. Nice. Span- <laughs> Spanish lessons. Classes. <laughs> uh, Colin Gray from Elitu.com. Josh Smith. Ivan Kirkovic. Brian Ray. Miguel Pedrofita. Shane Smith. Austin Loveless. Simon Bennett. Corey Haynes. Michael Sitver. Paul Jarvis. And Jack Ellis. Dan Buda. DanBuddha.com. Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Sammy Schuchert, Dan Erickson, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta. 
<laughs> Kyle Fox at GetRewardful.com. And our sponsors this week, ProfitWell and Active Campaign. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.